bless and honor you this evening thank you for Jesus we worship honor and adore you thank you for your word you have for us this evening speak to us we pray that none of us will leave the same in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior speak through me in Jesus name oh God amen we may take our seats in the presence of the Lord hallelujah this is our year of knowing God and Titi and what? And becoming strong. Amen. So this year we're going to focus on knowing God. And we said that the ways to know God, number one is to know Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the imprint or the, the image of the invisible God, uh, 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 he's same in substance. Hallelujah. Same in essence. Hallelujah. God the Father, God the Son, when you read the intercessory prayer, Jesus said that I was with you 
that word I was with you in the beginning, glorify me with the glory that I had with you in the beginning, before the world was. He, what he meant was that glorify me with the glory I had when I was beside you. Not just, and not like under you, beside you as co-equals. Hallelujah. Of course, there are administrative duties. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So, God in Jesus. So, when we, when, we, when we know Jesus Christ, we know God. Amen. So, we'll be learning about Jesus Christ. What, what are the first ways to know God? Or the four ways to, we talked about knowing God. Of course, we'll just, we will learn about other one, ways. But number one is what? Jesus. Know Jesus. Number two, read your Bible. So, we're going to also learn about the Bible. The Bible, the origins of the Bible, how the Bible came into being. We might not be able to do it on a Sunday, but we'll, we'll do it because we'll need a lot of scriptures. Hallelujah. Number two, so the, the, why certain books were removed, we'll, we'll learn about the Bible. And then we will dig into the Bible. The Bible is so accurate. The New Testament has over 5,000 manuscripts. Over 5,000 manuscripts which have no variant. I mean, the variant, very um, negligible variants. Spelling is maybe an E removed or a dot. Hallelujah. That's all part of the variant. I mean, very, very accurate. And even if you did not have any of the, the, the uh, uh, manuscripts to, uh, of the New Testament, you can take the letters of the early church fathers and you'll be able to replicate the whole New Testament apart from maybe Revelation and Hebrews or one, of the, one or two of the books. You'll be able to replicate the whole New Testament just by the early church fathers' writings. Because, oh, uh, John's uh, 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 gospel said this. Peter's epistle said this. John's epistle said this. James said this. You'll be able to replicate just about the whole New Testament. Hallelujah. From the early church fathers. And some of them, Polycarp, Ignatius, uh, what are some of the other names? Different, uh, uh, so many names. Bishop Clement of Rome, there are so many different people. Hallelujah. Augustine, hallelujah. So many different uh, names. Hallelujah. So we will learn about that. And the third one is what? Loving God. So we will learn about loving God because Jesus made it clear that when the one who loves me will keep my word. And the one who loves me will be loved of my father and myself and my father will come and make our abode in him or her and will manifest ourselves to the person. Hallelujah. So if Jesus and the father are manifesting themselves to us, what does it mean to manifest? It means to make visible, to make known, to show. So Jesus and his father will show us himself. Or the, or the, hallelujah. I won't say themselves, himself. Because when you read Isaiah, it says, That's yet the Lord, the, the, the King of Israel, and his Holy One. I am the Lord. Not we are the Lord. That's yet the Lord and his Redeemer. I am the first and the last. And there is none other. That's yet the Lord of hosts and his Redeemer. I am the Lord. And there is none other besides me. Why not we are? That said the Lord his that said the Lord of hosts and his redeemer. So A and B, why should it be I and not we? Yeah. 
That's yet the Lord and his spirit, I am the Lord. We'll read many of those things. I have just about all those verses from Isaiah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, this is an example of it. Isaiah 44, 6. Thus said the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am, not we are, the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So saying that there's one God, and I am the Lord God. Nevertheless, it is the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. So, thus said Yahweh, the King of Israel, and Jesus Christ, his Redeemer, the Father didn't redeem us, it's the Son. The Lord of whose I am. Glory to God. We'll talk about many of those things soon. Hallelujah. We can't do it on a Sunday. Even on the weekday, we'll see how we can fit it in. Hallelujah. But we will do it. Maybe half night, we will do it. We'll, we'll find time. Hallelujah. But we need to know Jesus. Christ revealed. Christ being revealed to the world. Hallelujah. Oh, you can put your hands together for Jesus. I love Jesus. We love Jesus. This is a Jesus-loving church, a Jesus-lover church. This is a church where everyone will love Jesus, know Jesus as much as we can, and love him. And then, so love God. Hallelujah. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, uh, verse 4 and 5, Jesus said uh, in, in Mark, we can, this is Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Then I'll start my message. Okay, good. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all or the most ranking, the most important? And Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all the commandments is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. I like the version which says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's how it's said. But why would he add that to the commandment? Why wouldn't he just go straight like uh, Matthew does? Of course, each person uh, writing is writing as, uh, uh, for a specific audience. Matthew was writing to the Jews to show that Jesus is a Mashiach or Messiah. Each of them had different audiences we are writing to. But you see that uh, uh, Matthew, uh, yeah, so Mark, some of them are writing different for different reasons. Or maybe someone like Mark, most likely Peter, well, he was a companion of Peter, John Mark. So most likely Peter dictated a lot of the gospel to him. You see that Peter was always action, quick, quick. In Mark, straightway he went. It's an action book, action gospel. It's always quick, 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 quick action. Hallelujah. So some of them would not add certain things. Some will add because that's why we have four Gospels. If it was all the same, then it would be one Gospel we would have. Hallelujah. John is the unique one. So anyway, and Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God the, is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Continue, please. And the second is like, namely this. He asked for the first greatest commandment, but he chipped in the second. Because you cannot have the first without the second. God, the Bible says in First John that how can you say you love God whom you have not seen when you cannot love your neighbor you, you, who you can see? It's not possible. So, oh, you can put that for the Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's not possible to, to love God who you cannot see and, and you don't love your neighbor. So he had to add the second to it. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Continue. No other greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, well, master, so you cannot, yeah, like I said, you can't love God greatly without loving your neighbor. And the scribe said unto him, well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. You can give your body to be burned, but if you don't love God and love the neighbor, hallelujah. And then, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said unto him, thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that death or dead ask him any questions. This was right after he put the Sadducees to silence. Hallelujah. Now, so it means that we, now, wh why, so wh why did Jesus add it? Now, he quoted from Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 and 5. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That's the first commandment. Now, he needed to add the Deuteronomy 6.4 because when you say thou shalt love Yahweh with all uh, Yahweh Elohim or, and thou shalt love Yahweh Elohim with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. How can you love someone you don't know? You meet, that's why a woman, when a guy meets her the first time and says I love you, she'll be like come on, you don't love me. But many guys do that. Many guys say, well, I love you. You love me how? Love becomes cheap when they say that. I love you how? I just, you don't know me. What would a woman say? You don't know me. How can you love me? So God is trying to explain to us that we must know who we are loving. We are loving the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim. And the Yahweh Elohim we are loving, even though it's God in three persons, it's one God we are loving. We are not loving two or three separate gods. We are serving and loving one God. So here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Making sure that they don't start worshiping other gods or thinking that the, the, the God is a, a God with three heads or some strange beings or there are other gods out there. No, 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 no. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's one Lord. Then when you know him, then you can love him. Hallelujah. And then Jesus said that the one who loves me, I'll manifest myself to him. So we're also going to learn about loving God. Of course, we learn about different things also. And then, that, yeah, you can put your hands together for the Lord. And then, the fourth is what? Pray, isn't it? We pray about it. Right? And what verse did we use?
Yes. Uh, yes, we use Hosea for but what else did we use? Ephesians 1, 16-17, yes. But Hosea 4, uh, uh, is it, sorry? 4, 6, yes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Is that right? No, no sorry. <laughs> I keep mixing that with the uh, Chronicles. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So when we, don't, we lack knowledge, we are destroyed. But what we are looking for is what? Ephesians 1, 16 and 17. Let's turn to Ephesians 1, 16 and say, let's use NLT for this or ESV. Cease not uh, NLT. Yeah, why not NLT or ESV? Good. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. So it was a prayer for the church at Ephesus that they will know God. He will give them spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they will know, grow in their knowledge of God. So we pray, God, I want to know you. Lord, I want to know your heart. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I pray for you, you to reveal yourself to me. Hallelujah. And then we'll also learn about what the strength of God will do for us. Hallelujah. How when we know God, we are strong. Ephesians 6, 10 says what? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you know that when I'm preaching the armor of God, or I'm preaching on be strong in the Lord, do you know that every single armor is a different application of the word of God? It's just different ways to apply the word of God. Do you believe it? Or you want me to prove it out now or later? I've said it before. How many were here when I said it? Yeah. Different applications. And I give a quick, yeah. It's different applications. How you take the word of God and you apply it. So it clearly means that when you know the word, you'll be strong in him. Because knowing the, being strong in the Lord is putting on the armor of God. And you put on the armor of God by applying the word of God in a different way, depending on the armor you want to put on. What do you think? So we will learn about being strong in the Lord, being strong, being strong in spirit, being strong physically, being strong financially, being strong uh, uh, emotionally, being strong in every way. Hallelujah. We also learn how to be strong financially. We'll learn about the frugality principles. Hallelujah. We'll learn about how to make money God's way, which lasts. I said, which lasts? Amen. I said, which lasts? Amen. I said, which lasts? Amen. Amen. But today, I just want to touch on a very important thing that we need to think about this year. How to follow Jesus well. How to follow Jesus well. How to follow Mashiach well. Glory to God. How to follow Mashiach well.
Now, you can, when you say how to follow Christ well, it's the same thing because there's only one Christ. There are not two Christs. So how to follow Mashiach well is clearly how to follow Jesus well because his name is actually Jesus the Mashiach. Let's turn our Bibles. Are you ready? Let's look at Lucas chapter 14. Let's start from verse 20 to 27. And we will learn how to follow Mashiach well. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. This is the story of the person who had organized the banquet and wanted to invite people. And he sent his servants, go and invite their guests, the honored guests, the distinguished guests. Go and invite them because I have already told them. Tell them that the dinner is ready. The invitation has been sent. The dinner is ready. Come and enjoy the feast. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. One person said this. Another person said this. Another person said that. Go to verse 18. Yes, we're starting from 18. Why not? And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused after being accepting the, 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 the invitation. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I cannot, and I have to go and prove them. I pray thee, have me excuse. So you see that they started making excuses. One person said a business. One person said there's so many different things. Let's continue. Verse 20. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So someone just had a wedding. And because of the wedding, they said they cannot come for the banquet. I thought that's where you show off your bride. And the bride will show off her, her, her. well, this is talking about a wife. So it means it's the man. You show off your, your bride at the feast. So let's continue. So that was an excuse. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly. So if there is distinguished guest will not come, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. So it means that if God is calling people who he wants to save and wants to bring them to have a banquet feast, and they won't come, go to the streets and get their unbelievers, the, the poor, the, la the lame, the, the halt, the people who have been rejected by society, go for them. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and maimed, and halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commandment, and yet there is room. So people have been saved, but there is still room. And the Lord said, Amen, unto his servant, go out into the highways and hedges and anagazo, or compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So go to the highways and the hedges, and when they make an excuse, make an excuse, give Solve the excuse. You have an excuse, then you go against the excuse. You, you rebuttal the excuse, or you, 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 you are able to overcome the excuse with a solution and get them to come. Someone was inviting a person to church who is, who is now a pastor. And the person said, I don't have shoes. So he removed his shoes and gave it to him. 
and you came to church, you became a pastor at the end. Hey, you move the shoes. Okay, continue. But this is not the message. Verse 24. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hmm. 25. Merci. And there went and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Is what does the next verse say? For which of you then goes on? Hallelujah. So we are talking about how to follow Jesus well. If you follow Jesus without a cross, then you are really not following him. Preaching to you here. How can you follow Jesus without a cross? When, you see, someone is, has said it clearly that you cannot follow me unless you have a cross and you come after me and you follow me with your cross. There was a man who wanted to go with Jesus, a rich man. He said, go and sell all you have. Come take your cross and let's go. He said, Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, I want to follow you. Jesus said, you want to follow me? No problem. Do, do this thing for me. Go and sell everything you have. Actually, let me tell you the story from uh, uh, the origins. The man met Jesus, a rich man. And he said, I want to follow you. Then Jesus gave the political answer or the general answer he would give everyone. He said, the commandments, you know what to do. He said, from my youth, I forbid some of the commandments, at least the ones he listed, Jesus listed. I forbade. I didn't have any point to take their wife, so I didn't commit adultery. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't steal. So he, he was able to, he said that since my youth, I have obeyed these ones. Then Jesus loved him and gave him the hard one. So sometimes loving someone is when you give them the hard truth. So Jesus loving him said to him, go, sell all your riches. Give it to the poor. Take your cross and let's go. And let's go. And let's go. Take it and let's go. And the man was sorry because he had great riches. So Jesus did not lower the standards of how to follow him. He did not lower it. And he's not if he didn't lower it for that man who has obeyed the commandments. Even when, when I was a child, I, I definitely I had stole candy. All children have stolen some candy. But this guy says, since his youth. So if someone who was doing well since his youth, Jesus did not lower the standards for him, but said, sell everything, come with your cross, and let's go. <laughs> if he was not lowering the standards for that person, he won't lower it for you and I. No, he won't. I said he won't. So how to follow Jesus well you, you and I follow him well with a cross. Not anyone's cross. I can't take a test cross and follow Jesus. My cross. Take your cross. Take your cross. And let's go. 
Because a cross might be different from mine. Everyone has their own cross. Let's go. Jesus is called, let's go. There was a, 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 a short clip. Maybe we'll show it. Abby, I don't know if you can find it. Uh, it's some, somewhere. In, I'll show you. But it's from the Salvation Army. And you will see people drowning in water. Drowning in water. In a turbulent water. They are drowning. And Jesus is in the water and rescuing people. And when he rescues people, Maybe you rescue 100 people. Maybe one or two will say, wow, Jesus is alone. Let me join him. And the others will go to safety. They'll be praying, asking God for blessing, asking God for cars, asking God for this, which is important. But very few were joining Jesus, jumping back into the water to help save people. To help save people. Are you getting what I'm saying? What do you call that? What did Jesus call that when he gave a parable? About the one who did not do, the, the, the person who had his talent, who could have helped people, didn't do it and buried it. What did Jesus call that person? Wicked. That wicked. Because you've been rescued by watching others drown. And Jesus needs people to help. That's why the cross is important. That's why, and other people might not necessarily be in the water, but might be in the boat praying. Or in the boat trying to encourage people to jump into the water. To help Jesus pick people up. Everyone has their own cross. I can't take your cross, you can't take my cross. You can put your hands together for the Lord. How many I get what I'm saying? So it's very, very important. As we start the year, we can't follow Jesus well without our cross. Because even to know Jesus, you need to bear a cross by reading your Bible, studying, waking up early, reading your Bible. You have work. We all have work. We, you have school. You have this. You are tired. You have different things. But without a cross, you will not open the Bible to read about Jesus or learn about Jesus. You will not follow Jesus. You will not read your Bible to know who God is. You will not love him with all your heart, all your strength. You will not pray to him to know him. You'll be praying about other things. So the cross is important. How to follow Jesus well. That's why he said, let's go back to it. If, look, Lucas, let's go. If anyone, if, in fact, let, let's read it again. Luke 14, 26. Let's start from 25 uh, uh, to 27. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them. So he, he had a packed church, and he turned to the church and said, If any man come to me, in fact, let's use NLT for this. But that word hate is not hate. I think I've shared it before. That word hate in the Greek is to love so less in comparison to God that it is almost despisement to the person, almost like it. Meaning that your love for God on a scale of zero to a million, your love for God is a million and your love for someone else is 10. And 10 is very, very high when it comes to human beings. 10 is even how you love yourself and it's a very high standard. But when you are comparing it to God, it's almost as if you don't love the person. That's what the Bible means. 
So you love someone, I think, let's, after this we'll read it in Amplified, maybe we might explain it. If you want to be my follower, and what are we talking about? How to follow Jesus well. If you want to be my follower, you must love me more than your own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, more than your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 7, 27. And you cannot be my disciple if you do not carry your own. Not someone's cross, your own cross and follow me. You cannot. Let's look at Amplified. Uh, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference or uh, indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude to God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Let's read 26 again. Thing is very clear. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, then into brackets to explain what the hate means. In the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. But you have some Christians saying that what is first is uh, this, what is first is what? Uh, family first. Well, what's the rank, like, ranking? When you explain this verse, it will debunk that. Family is also important. Family is important. Jesus gave us family. But Jesus is more important than any person. Let me read it again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, so it means that daddy and mommy. You, and I used to tell my children that I love you, but I love Jesus far more. I told them that every time. It was engraved in their minds. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God and likewise his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life also, he cannot. Do you know why? Because these same things, mother, father, uh, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and your life, if you love your life, you lose it. Or if you love all these things more than Christ, you will not do what Christ wants you to do, and you cannot take your cross. Because they are competing with one another. Am I preaching to somebody? Yes, you cannot. Your children, I told them clearly. I was going somewhere, I was going for a conference somewhere, and this girl who is now a big girl and feels that I don't need my father. Come and see her screaming, chasing the car. As I'm traveling, I'm going to the airport, crying, look, chasing the car, barefooted, screaming. I said, I gotta go because I love Jesus more. Now, if I'm going, it's like, oh, when are you coming back? Oh, I'm not worried. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> Am, <I pre> <laughs> Am I preaching to somebody? True. This, this is very important. That's what separates those God anoints, those God uses, and 
those who he doesn't use. When you hear Catherine Kuman, you hear Bishop Dakiwad Mills, you hear Kenneth Hagin, you hear Benny Hinn, you hear any person who is really, really anointed, they always say that the price you paid, otherwise you won't be anointed, you won't do much. The price will be paid. The price will have to be paid. You, you cannot escape the price. You cannot, that cross, I wish there was a cross here. There's actually a guy who used to be on TBN who took his cross all over the world. And even though it's funny, he won't source through it because why is he carrying the cross? People will follow him, then he'll preach the gospel. It was so heavy that uh, Simon of Cyrene had to help him. Jesus, very heavy cross. And Jesus was a strong built man. Okay. Yeah, let's go. You say you want to follow me. Let's go. Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Acts chapter 11, verse 26, 25 and 26. We can use NLT for that. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Sorry, let's start from 25. Good. 25 and 26 NLT. Thank you. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to find Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching great numbers of people. It was there at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Use King James. I want to show you a very important point. Uh, go to 26. So he went to his hometown because Saul of Tarsus. Now check this out. This is a very important point. And when he had found him, he brought, I'm looking for a word. He brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Check this out, very critical. Who were called Christians? The disciples. <laughs> so it means that you and I are disciples of Jesus. But Jesus is saying that the, the, the <laughs> Jesus is saying that for you to be a disciple indeed, you have to have your cross. What does it mean? Does it mean that for you to be a true Christian, you have to have your cross? Because that's what he's saying. The, who were called Christians first? Is it my definition or yours? Or Jesus, the Bible. The disciples were called Christians. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm able to preach this on Sunday. I'm preaching this here now. A disciple, but it's the truth, it's the Bible. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The word Christians or follower of Christ or Christ like was first introduced in the church of Antioch. But the group of people who got that title were churchgoers who were disciples of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ has already given the qualification of a disciple. <laughs> and the qualification is what? If you don't hate your father <laughs> or mother or wife or children or brothers or sisters, yea, even your own life more than me or hate them in comparison to your love for me, you cannot. You cannot. I said what? You cannot be my disciple. 
The, so so there is, it's also similar to the cost of following Jesus. The cost of following Jesus, how to follow Jesus well. Are you guys focusing in the room? Very important. Wow. So now, the question is, where do we stand? Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. But we are looking for 29. 28 and 29. So we start with 28. Don't be intimidated by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. Oh, okay. This is a good one. But that you are going to be saved even by God himself. The devil is our enemy. And he is going to be destroyed. Verse 29. For you have been given not only, not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. The cross. It's a privilege. I like how the King James puts it. King James Bible. Verse 29, thank you. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So we have been, it has been given us. For unto you it has been given. It is given in behalf. So on behalf of Christ, we are not only to believe in him. That's not enough. Because the devils believe and tremble. Believing is just the first point. Believing is what? Just the first point. But the second point must add to the first point. Because if you suffer for him and you don't believe in him, wasted effort. But also to suffer for his sake. Suffer for his sake. Suffer for his sake. Let me prove to you that believing is not enough. I think we know it, but I'll prove it <clears throat> anyway. James chapter 1. No, James 2. Let's start from verse 13. Oh, let's 14. 14. James 2, 14. <clears throat> yes, leave it in NLT. Good. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? Uh, King James says by your works. Okay, let's go to King James and we'll come back to NLT so that when we say works, we, we know that the action means works. So that we, I don't have to keep saying works all the time. King James, what does it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now go back to NLT. So anytime you see action, we are talking about works. Because that's how King James would say works all throughout. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. This is very important. So it means that faith without corresponding action to back the faith can't save a soul. No wonder the qualifications for becoming a disciple is that you take your cross. Because without the cross, you cannot be a disciple and therefore how are you a Christian? 
Because it's the Christians who were, disciples were called Christians. But those times when they use the word disciple, it means someone who is following Christ with the cross. We can't change the definition now. We can change it now, but when we go to heaven, it will not matter. He will use the original definition. <laughs> that kind of faith can't save anyone. Michael, what do you think? Imagine. Phoebe, did you get that? Continue. Verse 15. Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing. And you say, well, goodbye and God bless you. Stay warm and see, uh, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does, let's go back. What good does that do? First John also says that, how can you see your brother or sister in need and you shut up your bowels of compassion from him? How can you say the love of God dwells in you? Verse 17, so you see, it is not enough just to have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is not faith at all. It is dead and useless. Now wait, now this is different from um, having faith for a car. I'm having faith for a house. You get it. But having faith for a car and a house is not good deeds. So true faith is packed with corresponding action. Am I preaching to somebody? No. Now someone will, may argue. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds. But I will show you my faith through my good deeds. Verse 19. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So this way, don't move from 19. This is what I was saying. That believing that there is a God, a salute, clap for him. But that's not enough. Because the demons also believe and they tremble. We are not trembling because they believe it. Jesus, thou son of the most high God, have you come to torment us before our time? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. They tremble. We can be in the presence of Jesus where two or three are gathered together in his name. Uh, uh, in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. But we don't tremble. So it is not good enough just to believe. Now let's go back to Philippians 1, 29. For it is given unto you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also the privilege of suffering for him. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer. I said what? To suffer for his sake. Now suffering for his sake, you will not find any scripture that, means, that says suffering means poverty or sickness, or poor me, or someone who lives on belly get along street, street of Gramble Alley. You will find that in the Bible. Even though it, it, that can happen, but that's not what we are talking about. Because Apostle Paul said, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten, I've been, uh, uh, all sorts of things, what, what again, I've been beaten with uh, uh, stripes, uh, rods, uh, 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 I've been swindled or messed up by my countrymen or whatever, I, I have 
uh, uh, been uh, fasting often. I've starved. I didn't have. I had. I didn't have food at the point. There were so many things I, I I didn't have, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But there's so so sometimes people might go through whatever they need, they need to go through, but it will never be permanent glory. Amen. But the suffering has nothing to do with sickness. Yeah. 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have been in the deep. And it goes on and on. Hallelujah. So suffering is what you are going through because of your cross. The shame... But you see, when you, you see, we, are all, we all have a cross, and we have to take our cross to Golgotha and be crucified with it in the, on the cross, all of us. Oh, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live it, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I live now, and I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes. Yeah. We have to take it <laughs> and be crucified. And what are we crucifying? We are crucifying the flesh. We are crucifying our old nature. We are crucifying the flesh. So, ladies and gentlemen, the cross is very, very important. Without the cross, we cannot do much for God. Without the cross, we cannot please God. Because the cross is what we are going through because of Jesus. Our cross is the hours we will have to wake up to pray. Pray for the church. Pray for people. Pray for God's kingdom. The times we need to get up to read our Bible when we are tired. The times we need to get up to come to church on weekdays. And on Sundays, prayer meetings to pray. That is the cross. The cross of talking to someone to tell them Jesus loves you. Going to on the streets to do helping people. That is the cross. And that requires some suffering. Amen. And whilst we are doing that, we are crucifying the flesh. You are crucifying the flesh. I am crucified with Christ. But of course, our crucifixion, as soon as we became born again, we crucified the flesh. But it's a process. We are, we are crucifying it on a regular basis. But if we say to ourselves that I've crucified the flesh, I'm crucified with Christ. So therefore, I am not living now. The life I'm living, I'm living it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm going to crucify my sinful desires. I'm going to crucify my uh, gluttony. Instead of, I want to overeat. I want to lie down, sleep. I'm crucifying the flesh. I want to lie. I want to manifest. I want to blow up. I'm crucifying the flesh. Wow, 8.52. Otherwise, we cannot please God. Let me show you a verse and then we'll. 
Sometimes trying to save yourself from problems or difficulties doesn't please God. Let me show you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Let's start from verse 17. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. We all know the story. When Jesus asks, who do people say that I am? Oh, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are John the Baptist, Jeremiah, some of the prophets. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? <clears throat> then Simon Peter answered and said, thou art Mashiach, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood, because Simon Bajona, it, his name is Simon, but Jesus gave him the nickname Peter, Petros. And Jesus answered, blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Look at the power God Jesus gave him. And I say unto thee that, that thou art Petros. Is it right? Petro, right? There's Petro and Petra. Petro is uh, Peter. And upon this rock, Petra, glory to God. You are Peter, the small rock, but you are still a rock. Upon this rock, Petra, the feminine mighty rock of the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So you are Peter. You are the small rock. But you've given a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this foundational rock, solid rock, that I am Christ, I will build my church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give thee the keys, verse 19, of the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Wow, what a promotion. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven or shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 20. Verse 20, please be quick. Verse 20, please. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. <clears throat> because remember that the Christ, the prophecy about the Christ is that he will be a suffering servant and he will be a triumphant Messiah or Messiah. So he knew that when they told him he was like, that if people knew he was a Christ, they would try to make him king. That's why he always always saying, don't tell anyone. Because he knew he needed to die. When he comes the second time, he will pick us, take us in the air. When he comes the second time, he will be king. But that was not the time. That's why he said, don't tell anyone that I'm Jesus Christ. Because they will try to take me to be a king. When I'm not supposed to be a king. Because they tried it before. <laughs> and even the disciples in Acts, they said, when are you going to restore the kingdom? When is this about to go? Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. So Jesus was saying that, Peter, you now know that I'm the Christ. 
and you've read the Bible, and you know that I'm supposed to suffer and die, according to Isaiah 53. So now that you've said I'm the Christ, I'm explaining to you what will happen. You can put your hands together for the Lord. Then what did Peter do? He didn't get it. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now wait. Now, what Peter was doing was not a bad thing as in terms of human was it bad? Peter loves Jesus and says, no, you're not going to die. You are a king. You're not going to die. No, 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 no. You're not going to suffer. No, 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 no. You're not going to be betrayed. No, let it be far from you. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't do the sacrifice. No, don't, don't, don't do the sacrifice. People will laugh at you. No, no, don't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice for God. No, 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 no. Sacrifice for money. But don't sacrifice. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Don't sacrifice for God, but sacrifice for money. Sacrifice for other things. Sacri Even if you are going to chase a girl, sacrifice for her. Sacrifice. If you are going to chase a man, sacrifice for him. But don't sacrifice for God. We, you, can, you can move countries. I said what? You can move countries. You can move to Angola and be earning $10,000 a week. Yes, do that. They will salute you. They will clap for you. Good decision. Good decision. But if you have to go to Angola for the gospel, then you are misled, misinformed. Isn't that what happens? Isn't that what people say in general? Yeah. That's what Peter was doing. Exactly the same thing. I said what? Exactly the same thing. What did Jesus, what was his response? <clears throat> but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. It doesn't mean everyone who is telling you that is Satan. But I'll explain what, what lesson we can learn from this. Thou art an offense unto me. Now, let's look at what offends Christ. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Look at, verse, uh, look at it in NLT. Yes. So we don't need to worry about Satan. Jesus was able to tell Peter Satan. It doesn't mean go and tell anyone Satan. But we can see what offends Jesus. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Let's use ESV. Okay, okay let's do and use ESV. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. That's the problem. Anytime the human point of view comes in conflict with the God point of view, there'll be a conflict. Anytime the human mind comes, the God point of view comes, there'll be conflict. No, 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 no. You can't go to Angola. No, you can't. I'll just use Angola, but it could be anything. No, you can't be going, no, 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 you've got, you've got things to do. You can't, you can't. It's all right. Think about it. You are not making sense. You are not making sense. But the same situation will make sense if money is involved. Look at it in his good. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Because Peter was trying to negate or stop or prevent the sacrifice. Peter was trying to prevent the sacrifice. Am I preaching to somebody? 
So it means that if my child wants to do something which I feel is dangerous, or I feel it's absurd, or I feel it's too much, but it is connected to Jesus, I'll put, of course, you have to put sense in the person, pray about it, make sure, but you cannot prevent them. If it's of God, not to play around and misbehave. <laughs> I had to add that, otherwise I'll have uh, uh, meetings at home with explanations and hey, you said this, you said that. No, it must make sense. Hallelujah to Jesus. So ladies and gentlemen, 2023, we are going to follow Jesus well. And we cannot follow him well without our cross. We cannot follow him well if we love our lives and anything else more than him. We cannot follow him well if our love for other things in comparison to him is not significant. We cannot follow him well. It means that my boyfriend or my girlfriend, my love for him or her must be nothing in comparison to my love for Jesus. My child, my wife, my husband, whoever you are, it is nothing. It should be nothing in comparison to your love for Jesus. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Then, when you are, when you are trying to follow Jesus or you are trying to know him, Okay, I'm waking up early in the morning to pray. Or I'm staying late at night to pray. Because I have to pray. I want to speak to God. I have to read my Bible. Because I want to know God. I'm putting in the time. I'm putting in the midnight oil. I'm burning the midnight oil. I'm praying. Is it an hour? Is it two hours? Is it three hours? I'm digging myself in the word. And I'm praying. And I'm eating the word. And I'm listening to the word. And I'm, I'm soaking in the word. Is it service to God? I am serving God. I am active in the house of God. Then you see that the cross is working. But without the cross, many people would not do it. You sit down and relax. Why, why, I mean, why would you want to do something? What, what, what is the motivation? Now, I ask, what is the motivation? for serving God, waking up early, reading your Bible. Many people think it's just for the priests. It's just for pastors. Oh, yeah, it's just for pastors, pastors. Yeah, they wake up, pray, they wake up, read their Bible. No, 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 it's for all Christians. Ladies and gentlemen, very, very important. Except a man deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me, Jesus said. Deny. Deny that I'm going to deny my privileges. I'm going to deny my rights for God. Not for any person, but for God. I'm going to deny my, the things I can enjoy. I'm going to deny the things I can get. If I need to. It doesn't mean you have to. If I need to, I, I'm going to deny all these things, including my happiness myself. And then I'll take up my cross. And I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus will say, come on, let's go. Now take it. Mm. <laughs> you are taking it. You are taking it. I said, you are taking it. 
Otherwise, you cannot be his disciple. I know time is up. Let me show you one more. Or a couple quick verses. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Use ESV for this. And then Romans 8, 18 and 19. So 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. ESV, please. For this light momentary affliction or suffering is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So it's not that you're going to just suffer and, yes, you suffered, you've lived, lived, lived a life serving God and you're just put down. No. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So it means that there's going to be a, an eternal weight of glory for the things that we are doing for God. Look at Romans. As we close. Romans 8, 18 and 19. Same ESV. Romans 8, 18 and 19. For I consider that the present sufferings for Jesus of this present time are not worthy. Meaning that if you compare them, it's a mistake. It's not worthy. Are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not worthy. I said, well, not worthy. For I reckon that the present sufferings for Jesus of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What does 19 say? It's not, it's not worthy to be compared. Verse 19. Yeah, then it goes on. Finally, look at Romans 8, 17 and 18. What do you think? Let's use ESV for this. <clears throat> From 16 to 18, actually. ESV, 16 to 18. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Oh, you want to be glorified with Jesus? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. How many, let, go to that verse again. Which verse was that? Was that 19 or 17? The verse you just got. No, someone help out. Yes, this one, 17. Now, 17. We will be heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Glory, 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 glory. Fellow heirs, you guys. Provided. It's not every Christian. Provided. Provided. We suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Not all Christians will be glorified with Christ or be heirs. Use it NLT. I hope this, depending on how you take this message, we'll know how well you do in knowing God 2023. I hope this is an important 
thing that you are seeing. And since we are his children, we will share his treasure. <clears throat> For everything God gives, uh, gives to his son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. How can you share his glory without sharing his suffering? How? Does it make sense? How can it make sense? Maybe it says it doesn't make sense. How can it make sense that you are going to share in treasures and glory? You are going to share in abundance without suffering when he suffered to get it for us. These are the rewards and many others we'll talk about for those who suffer for Christ. And like I said, not suffering poverty, suffering, suffering uh, poor me suffering. You are suffering for the gospel. You are, you, you are doing what pleases the Lord. I'm not out of word, just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? And let's speak to Mashiach. Let's speak to our Father in the name of Jesus our Mashiach. For in that day you shall ask me nothing, Jesus said. For verily I say unto you, for whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So Father God, in Jesus' name, we are asking for you to give us the grace to do what we need to do to please you, to reign with you, to be co I mean, to, to, to be uh, 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 partake in being heirs with you, to be glorified with you, Lord. We want to. We want that. We want that. We want to glory, be glorified with you, Jesus. So do give us the grace to do what we need to do. Because we know that we have a short life and a long eternity. We know that you can come tonight. And when you come tonight, all our plans will vanish. And it, will, it is those who suffered with you who will be glorified with you immediately. Glorified. So, Lord, give us the grace to think in the right way. To, 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 to think in the right way. To suffer with you. To, to share your sufferings. Lord, we understand Apostle Paul when he said that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving.
thank you prepare us to be living sanctuaries pure and holy sanctified set apart for you oh God if you can use anything use us for your glory cause us to crucify the flesh cause us to deny ourselves take up our crosses and follow you we know that it doesn't mean that we are just going to deny ourselves. I mean, we are not going to experience anything good. No, we are going to experience the fine things of life because you've promised them to us. But we know that if we have to choose, we will deny ourselves of those things. Hallelujah. So give us a grace to be sanctuaries, pure and holy, tried and true. Oh, Jesus. Father God, we pray for these things. In your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whilst we are praying, if you are watching, and you know in your heart that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know in your heart that you are far away from God, you know in your heart that if you die today, this evening, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell. You are not sure. If you are not sure, then that's a problem. But you can be sure when you give your life to Jesus Christ and you are born again, you are saved. The Bible gives us the conditions and tells us how to be saved in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you want Jesus Christ, then I'll lead you to Jesus right now. Just raise your hands where you are and I'll share a prayer with you. Now I want you to repeat after me according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, which says that if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus, and we believe with our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Because it is with our heart we believe and are made right, are made right with God, or are made righteous. And with our mouths we confess and are saved. So repeat after me with all your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to you. Keep and preserve them. We pray that Christ Jesus, your only begotten son, will be formed in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We may take our seats. Hallelujah. Giving time. Giving time, blessing time, blessing time, giving time. Blessing time, giving time. Oh, we don't believe it. Eh? Blessing time, giving time. Okay, let's give out a good offering. Hallelujah. Give a good offering to the Lord. Are you ready to give your offering? And even those watching, you can also give something to the Lord. Father God, bless our offering. We thank you for all you've done in our lives and for bringing us to 2023. And we know that you'll take us beyond 2023. For so many years, we will live long to declare the good works of the Lord. We bless you, O oh God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. My God, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Jehovah Jireh my provider his grace is sufficient for me for me for me Jehovah Jireh my provider his grace is sufficient for me my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory he will give his angels charge Jehovah Jireh is for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh is for me. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for the opportunity to give to support your work. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We may take our seats and welcome our sister. Hallelujah. Amen. Very powerful and timely message.